You're listening to The Monica Cade Show, an interview podcast series on life. We interview and capture conversations with creative minds, thought leaders, disruptors, and the people that are doing what they love while challenging the status quo. You can find the show notes on my website, monicacade.com, and follow me on Instagram and Facebook, at Monica Cade. But for now, let's dive into the show. Episode 72 with Bryony Dawson, formerly known as Ladyhood. She is just fresh from the US and European tour, which included a spectacular performance at the Vienna Life Ball, and she is amped to take the Australian pop scene to the next level. With the release of her EP, Like You Mean It, her fan base exploded, attracting over 50,000 real Instagram followers, and it's grown since then. But if you want to know what makes her a remarkable entertainer, I'd say it's her androgynous husky sweet voice, her feisty attitude, and undeniable sexual charisma. So much so, her songs Naked and Playing With Fire from the Like You Mean It EP were nominated at the Australian Independent Music Awards in 2016. She's fearless, down to earth, and her energy is infectious. So let's get to know her a little bit more and how she got to where she is today. Hello, Bryony. Thanks for chatting with me today. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here, Monica. Thanks for having me. So I want to go back to the beginning and I want to know when was the yes. moment that you knew you wanted to get into music? Uh, oh, I always was uh, a performer sort of from when I was really young. Nothing uh, too professional. I was just very dramatic as a child. <laughs> uh, and then it sort of got to a point um, where just like nothing in my life was working out and I I came to somebody asked me was like you know well, what do you want to do and I was like ah I've never really asked myself that question before nothing else matters what is the one thing you want to do and I was like ah I want to be in a band I want to sing in a band and they were like well no I mean like a job and I was like no <laughs> that's it I'm going to be a singer and so I literally like <laughs> within a week I put my house up for sale, I quit my job, and I've been pursuing this, like, with everything that I've got for the last sort of eight years, so. And so how old were you at that time when, you know, you made this big life decision? Uh, I was about 23. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you're kind of faced with those things when you're that age, you're like 23, you're like, okay, I've done my education and been to uni and I've traveled and I've had a couple of jobs and it's like how do you not get stuck in the just let's earn money and post memes like thank god it's Friday and you know like shit like that (laughs) so uh yeah I wanted (laughs) I wanted more I think it's cool that you were having that kind of a conversation or that (laughs) awareness with yourself at that age because I think I, I mean, I know for me, I found it was the same thing around like it was earlier on, but I know that there are so many people that are in those jobs that they hate and they're not doing what they love and they're asking themselves these questions much later in life. So it's cool that you discovered that earlier on. Yeah, I think that comes from the fear of the unknown. People are, it's, it's easy to get comfortable and just um, go by, go through the motions because you're not, nothing's hurting you, mm. you know, whereas... Um, chasing your dreams and pursuing stuff like that, you get hurt all the time because they're things that are so 
close to you, you know what I mean? Mm. So when you get that rejection of something that you love so much, it's like, oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God, I'm going to unpack that one. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Actually, I remember I worked for a speaker many years ago and he he would always say to me, he's like, you know, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to open my heart and I'm going to go after what it is that I love because I want to know that, you know, if these people are then going to comment and all these, their comments hurt me, then I know that at least if I'm still willing to pursue what I love, then, you know, it's a real, because I think if we're pursuing something and then someone's like, oh, you suck or, or, you know, in not so nice terms, yeah, then it, like, I guess it's not for you. It's a, it's a good test to see if that's your career path. Yeah, totally. hundred percent, hundred percent. So <laughs> you have a shining moment uh, in high school with your performance. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did my research. <laughs> yes, certainly did. Time. Well done. <laughs> yeah, um, it was. Um, it was. I'll, I'll set it up for you. Basically, my my school. I went to school, uh, a public school in Frankston, in Victoria, and uh, and. When I first got there in year seven, we got period three and four off and we got to go and watch this thing called A.V. Jennings Day. And it was uh, a day where year 11s versus year 12 doing this, like, variety show. They put on these little three- to four-minute acts. And when I saw it, I was just like, oh, I'm going to win this. Oh, I'm (laughs) going to win this and I get up enough to do this. And so, like, I had, like, four years to, like, plot what I could do. And every year people got riskier and riskier and like girls just sort of did the same thing, but the boys like got more risky. They were like showing their asses. They were putting socks on their dicks and like all this. And everyone was like, ha ha ha. But if the girl like did anything, it was like, you know, slut shaming and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, nah, we're going to, so we got to the start of year 11 and I, so I was like sat my friends down and I was like, right, girls, here's my idea. I'm going to do sure in a G string and a bra, and some fishnet stockings. You guys are all going to come out as sailors. It's going to be great. And they were, like, jumped right on board. And then we kind of didn't tell anyone what we were doing. Um, And so just everybody, the whole school, it was like 1,300 people, just got, like, the shock of their lives. And the teachers were just like, uh, uh, and you could see them all looking at each other across the room, (laughs) like with little shark eyes going, do we shut this down? What do we do? I guess they're not hurting anybody. Um, and our, um, yeah, we ended up winning. We won it in year 11, which has never happened. Um, and it was it was a big moment for the whole school. Everyone else that I'd spoken to about it or seen the video was just like, oh, we've been expelled straight away. I wouldn't have even been able to finish and it would have been expelled. Whereas at my school, we uh, when we got to year 12 and we had our valedictory dinner, Instead of handing our plaque, like our class's plaque, to the valedictorian, they handed it to me. Uh, so <laughs> so it is, it's, uh, it's gone down in history, that, uh, that thing. So, yeah. yes. And I'll include it in the show notes so those who haven't seen it can check it out. <laughs> I honestly, Go check it out. I was, it, I was in hysterics. Not at your performance, <laughs> just at the idea of the whole thing and, and also thinking like, oh, my God, what about the teachers? And this wouldn't have never have happened at my school. And, yeah, it was, it was great. 
And how good is my 16-year-old butt? That thing is, like, on point. It was good butt. I actually did it um, at a show recently, uh, my farewell show in Melbourne before I came uh, to the States. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to do a remake of Sure. Heaps of my high school friends are coming. And so I got out there again in a G-string fishnets and nice. uh, leather jacket. It's a lot harder to walk in high heels now. I hadn't <laughs> worn any for like 20 years. So I was like, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. That does happen. Yeah, it's difficult. I know. You girls do great. Oh, I have a few in my wardrobe that the selection has gotten smaller and smaller over time because I just they're not practical like they're just not <laughs> and I've put them on they make your legs right though they do yes they do anyway yeah. <laughs> I should probably get back on track to the interview yeah, absolutely. okay so when you're not touring yes. what's a typical day in your life look like oh well um I do I do a lot of different things I work for a um I MC and sing for a, a corporate team building company called Song Division. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically we go into people's conferences and we help them write completely original songs from scratch uh, about their conference. And it's pretty much the best thing that you can ever do. Uh, so I get to MC those and we do a heap of them throughout the year. And then I also work in events. I'm a stage manager as well at uh, Crown Casino. So get up, go to the gym, go to Crown and uh, manage some events. And on the days that I don't, I'm uh, doing some corporate team building. Ah, that sounds fun. And so what do these songs (laughs) turn out like? They are incredible. It's like, it's hard to uh, tell people exactly what we do and how we do it. But basically we created a template and we have a band on stage and the audience, we either do it as a full audience or we do it in like smaller groups and uh they write a completely original song from scratch they come up with the um type of song we're going to do they come up with the uh notes they come up with the lyrics they write all these four-line poems and then we we help them put it all together and they perform it in like this battle of the bands um, (laughs) at the end of the conference it's amazing people lose their shit they're just like oh my god i can't believe we could do that that's awesome yeah yeah that's really really really, cool yeah all right so tell me what the experience of being on stage feels like for you it's pretty much the best feeling in the world and you can't get it anywhere else (laughs) especially when you're um when you're having a good show and it's uh the audience is just like in the palm of your hand and when you do something they react to it straight away um and I had this girl come up to me after a show that I did in Geelong and it had been like a really like, it had been a rowdy gig, like people were just getting amongst it. And I like to get out amongst the crowd and I'd split the crowd in two and we were doing all this kind of stuff together during this song and people just like <laughs> like lost their minds and like really got into it. And this girl came up to me after the show and she was like, I don't know why we had to do it, but we just had to do what you told us to and there wasn't any other way. And I was like, I know. And she was like, make sure you always use that for good and not evil. And I was like, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, I like, I like the connection with the audience and there's, and there's like sometimes I barely remember what happened during the gig because there's just like so much adrenaline pumping through my body. I'm like, what? People are like, oh, yeah, when you said this. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember. remember. You're so so in the moment. <laughs> yeah. 
So you have a bit of a superpower there, I see. So yes, you've got to use it. Well, to I mean, I didn't want to call it a superpower, but you know, if you want to, you want to put that. <laughs> they were your words, Monica, not mine. <laughs> I haven't obviously been to one of your shows, but I've I've watched your stuff online, and the thing that really struck uh, stri- striked me about you, <laughs> I couldn't get the word struck, right. struck, struck. <laughs> weirdo um yeah was that these things happen sometimes the best intentions to say something and it doesn't quite work out but um was that you have a real stage presence and I don't think every uh musician has that I think you really have this like magnetic quality like you're an entertainer you know you really entertain yeah. everyone and I think Um, I'm sure that's such an amazing experience for the audience and that's probably why you have your little superpower to, you know, why it works so well. (laughs) Do you feel like, you know, you said at the beginning that you've been a bit of an entertainer since you were younger, but do you feel like that's something that you've harnessed or do you think that is just you and that comes naturally? I think there's definitely ways that you can harness it into each different thing, like um, definitely... I've had different personalities when I MC compared to when I'm singing and, and all that kind of stuff. But I think that I feel like us being totally 100% me when I'm on stage. Mm-hmm. I'm being a, definitely an extra version of it, but um, I just love it so much. And so I think that, that, you know, whenever you watch someone who just loves what they do, whether they're entertaining, whether it's, you know, someone's presenting a new product at work or something like that, it, people really love what they do that's contagious and so that you know gets everyone around you into it more as well so um yeah I think the moment that I chose to do that and that that day not so long ago when I was like (laughs) I'm gonna see you in a bed uh (laughs) is you know that's when you really get into your superpowers you know when you're being totally true to who you are and what you're here to do Oh, there's a question that I'm going to ask that I've written that I wanted to ask you about. And I'm like, this is a great segue, but so we might come back to the other ones. On a recent Instagram post, you wrote, uh, style is knowing who you are, what you want to say and not giving a damn. And there you touched on knowing yourself. I think like that is a journey for everyone. What's that journey been like for you? Oh, it's been massive. It's been massive. And I think that it is for everyone but I think that we get really scared to really delve into who we are. It's easy just to stay comfortable. I just got so sad being comfortable. So I had to like really go out and explore and um, definitely people like role models, but also the people around me who just accept me for me. Um, you know, they provide that really safe space for me. Mm. Not necessarily the general public, but the people I surround myself with, I feel really safe. And you know, I identify as non-binary, so that's you know, uh, gender is a new thing for people, yeah. um, and and not everyone gets it. But pe- people are very inquisitive about it, and uh, you know, that's only something that I've allowed myself to feel and say maybe in the last sort of three to four years. Um, and that just feels really good to be me. What is it like for you having those conversations and knowing that you're having that kind of an impact and allowing, I guess, other people who may be having certain experiences or feelings for themselves and you're out there voicing it? What's that feel like for you? 
Uh, are you talking about people who might identify the same as me or people who don't, who are trying to come to grasp with? You probably speak to both. I think you probably speak to the people that are grappling with certain feelings and then also the people that yeah. do identify with you. So how does it feel yeah. impacting both? I feel that it's um, important to uh, use my voice to talk about gender and that it's not black and white and that's you know, on a scale and all that kind of stuff um, so that people who may identify similar to me feel comfortable. They don't think it's, like, taboo and it's not, you know, this closeted thing that nobody's allowed to talk about. And then for the same for people who who are cisgendered and are just like, what do you mean you're not a girl? And you go, okay, all right, let's have a little chat. Uh, so, yeah, and most people are really, really open to it, except for when I'm in a public toilet and then women are terrified that there is a man in the bathroom and they just lose their shit. I've had people, like, berate me time and I'm like, no, 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 it's okay, I'm a girl, I'm a girl. And they're like... <laughs> Oh, get out, get out. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. Okay, all right. Unisex bathroom, guys, they're important. Important <laughs> for me to feel safe and for other women to feel safe as well, okay? Uh, <laughs> no, but I think it's important to educate people as well. And people are okay. They, they're fine with being educated. They're like, okay, all right. Hey. So you're not, you don't want to be a man, but you also don't identify as a woman. And you're like, no, okay, all right, that's enough for this week. And tune in again next week. <laughs> I think it's interesting yeah. that there's all these like different conversations that we are having now because these, like, obviously these conversations weren't happening before. And I, I think it's nice. I think the world is changing. And, but I think we do have to have those conversations. And it's, and it's nice to see that, you know, you are using your voice and the power that you do have to, I guess, start them. That's awesome. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's definitely important, especially because I'm okay with it. Like, I'm okay with myself however I am on whatever day, whereas, like, kids are killing themselves over this, mm. you know? Like, the, the suicide rate is 45% high of the LGBTI youth, and it's just like we need to have these conversations so that everyone feels safe in the world. Yeah, absolutely. So do mm. you have any pre-show rituals? Uh, I do. I try not to talk very much <laughs> before the show <laughs> uh, uh, because, yeah, I do expel a lot of uh, energy in, uh, on stage. So I do try not to talk. I'll sit mostly uh, backstage before a show even though everyone's come to see you and they're all hanging out and they're like, you know. But the other thing we do is a band prayer. We get, like, after we've sound checked and everyone's set up and they're on stage, I just, I like to just get everyone just to like regroup and just like have a moment together. And we usually have a Jaeger, Jaeger shot oh, yeah. or a fireball, whatever's, whatever's on the rider at the time. And, uh, yeah, I'm just like, let's take a moment. Let's get together. Let's feel each other's energy and let's fucking kick this show in the dick. Let's do it. And then we have a <laughs> shot and then we go on stage. Sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> it is a lot of fun. When we have new musos, uh, sometimes, you know, the regular band isn't available and I'll have like a new guitar and we're like, yeah, make sure you come off stage for the band, Brad. And they're like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> you didn't like... know we were Christian folk rock band? Yeah, oh, know, right? <laughs> they're like, what oh. did I get myself into? <laughs> <laughs> 
Tell me a bit about your songwriting process. It is, it's different for every different person that I write with, but at the moment uh, I write with uh, a guy called Andrew Furs, who's like just my bestie and one of the coolest guys getting around. And uh, we're starting to write a new EP at the moment. So what I'll do is I'll put together like a few Spotify playlists mm-hmm. of like, you know, songs that are influencing me at the moment, ones that I really like, other ones that sort of coincide with that whether it's beat or um melody or something like that i'll just like like little notes on each song just to tell him what ones i like then i share it with him and he has a list and then he'll be like what the hell none of these songs match (laughs) uh and then yeah we'll just sort of go from there i went to a session the other day with a couple of other producers um and sort of showed them the the playlist and what kind of angle i was going for um and then literally one of them just starts riffing on some chords on the guitar and then me and the other guy were just sitting there and he starts doing the same chords on the piano and then we just start riffing a vocal melody over the top and then I'll grab some lyrics out of my phone and then I'll be like oh this one feels good this one's this is like uplifting what are we writing about it's like yeah something good we're writing about yeah again you pick me up yeah I like that yeah (laughs) and then you just like go on the vocal melody from that and you make sure that you have your voice memo on your phone on because you always forget the vocal melody. You're like, that was really good. What was it? And you're like, oh, God. So you've got to make sure you record it all the time. And then, yeah, we just put lyrics to that and you just send it back to the producer and they flesh it out. We get musos in to play and, yeah, it's great. Nothing better. Except for being on stage, writing music is like. Whew. Are you out and about when, you know, ideas and stuff come to you? Are you, like, constantly just jotting stuff down? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Always in my um, in the notes section of my phone. There's one particular road in Melbourne, Kingsway, where I'll just always get these like <laughs> lyrics that come into my head, and I always like, I have to pull over on Kingsway and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's because yeah, yeah. I hate. I could voice memo them, but I hate hearing my voice talk the lyrics back to me because it makes them sound so stupid so I did and I was like if I it was ever just died and like somebody found this note this phone with all these voice memos in it I'm just being like this is how I feel today and you shouldn't have done this to me but that's okay because I did this you know like no no <laughs> so I just write them down and write them down uh and then yeah but um yeah always in the note section that is a funny story. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> it's, inter- it's interesting. It's like if you get someone to read poetry who's not into it, you know what I mean? And they'll be like, yes, do not go silently <laughs> into that dark night. You're like, shut the fuck up, okay? The reader probably get out, you know? <laughs> yeah, I understand. And because you sing, it's interesting that you also don't like hearing your voice back. I'm not saying everybody oh, likes hearing no. their voice back. Most people don't. I mean, I listen to my podcast. <laughs> most and- people don't. Even most singers don't. Oh, really? I find that so yeah, fascinating. Yeah, most singers don't like hearing it. They can, like, they can listen to it and be like, that sounds good, but they're still like, ah. And then, yeah, apparently Bono, apparently Bono loves it, loves hearing yeah. his voice. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Bono, if you're listening. I love you. Totally. All right, so. Doing a quick message for Bono. I'll call him an Irish stud just if he was listening. He probably is. He's a regular listener. Totally. Look, you know, you just, you never know. You never know. You never know. You're out into the world. Now, let's talk a bit about confidence. Yes. For 
people, not necessarily the music, uh, musicians or anyone in that particular industry, but what would you say to people that don't feel like they have the confidence to go and pursue their dream? Uh, wow. What do you say to them? Um, get over it. Get over it. There is so much more to life than living in that little comfortable shell that you've just built around you. You're never going to do anything in there. You're going to do the same shit every fucking day. Am I allowed to swear on this You're, podcast? Totally. <laughs> <laughs> the unknown is scary, but there is nothing more empowering and inspiring than just being totally fearless and, and just achieving those little things, those tiny little things that eventually when you start racking them up you just end up in a completely different place that you never thought you could ever possibly be and yes you get cut down and you get beat up and all that kind of stuff but it's all totally worth it and it's the the failures that make you learn the things you don't learn everything by getting what you want all the time it's when you like don't get it and you're like you have to learn you have to learn about yourself you have to learn about what you're trying to do and then you got to get out and do it again Mm. and again again and again I feel like you're also speaking very much from personal experience is there like a point for you where you kind of because I feel it's a tipping point because you kind of at least I also know it was for me where you you feel that there's something more and you're so tired of doing that the same thing again and you want this thing you might not know how you want to get there or whatever but you've got to you know you've got to move towards it and you know it is stepping into the unknown what was that tipping point for you it was that point that I mentioned earlier where someone asked me, well, what do you want to do? Because, like, I'd just kind of always done really, like, what I was supposed to do. Like, you go to high school, then you go to uni, and then you travel if you can, and then you get the job that pays the money, and then you just try and get the better job that pays the better money. And I guess for me, I always felt this thing inside of me when I was a kid, just like that I was – that, that there was something special, there's something going on, and I just I just never did anything with it. And then I got to this point where I was just so unhappy and so depressed and just had no idea what to do, what question to ask myself, you know. And then it just happened in that, like, one moment. And it was, it was not the answer that anybody else thought that I would have. Um... And then just being like, I'm going to be a singer. That's what I wanted. And I wasn't a great singer. I'm still not a great singer. But <laughs> well, I'm like, I, it's something to work on every single day. And that's why I sort of call myself an entertainer more because it's, it's for me, it's the live show. It's the connection with people. And, yes, you can try and do that through the music as well and through social media and, and being real with people and all that kind of stuff. But it's like the on stage where you just can – really hone it in like laser beams into a bowl, 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 bowl and get people, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, you're right. It is, it's a tipping point. And, yeah, you have setbacks and you totally second guess. You're like, oh, shit, I could have bought a house by now except I've got four EPs that my mum's got 20 copies of and this, you know, like. <laughs> um, but it totally changed my whole freaking life and it changed the people that I was hanging around with, not that people, the people I was hanging around with weren't good people that's still in my life, but hanging out with like-minded people, musicians, other people who are 
so talented. You step up to their level, and then you become that level, and then you get other people, and or everybody else has stepped up, and you keep going and going until you reach the next point and you've achieved something. And you know, if you had told me five years ago that I'd be touring the states and Europe and being invited to Vienna Life Ball, and you know, like no way, no way. But it happens, and when the good things happen, you have to let yourself feel it and yeah. feel that good thing that you've been working so hard for, and then you set the next goal, and then you keep going. Some wise words there, young lady. <laughs> <laughs> I am so wise. <laughs> okay, as we're going to wrap up our interview, I've got some signature questions that I ask everybody. Excellent. Okay. Are you ready? Is it like a one-minute under? Oh. Like a... <laughs> <laughs> like hands on it was funny. I was thinking about that. I woke up and I was like, I think I need to change my questions. I think I'm going to introduce like a time thing on this. Yeah. It's a one-minute lightning round with Monica <laughs> Cade. All right. So first question. If you weren't yes. in your current career and you could attempt anything else, what would you like to try? I would like to try, oh, God, I don't like anything else. I would like to try, um, oh, <laughs> absolutely nothing. I would like to try uh, being a chef, actually. Okay. Awesome. Sounds good. Are you good in the kitchen? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> but I can build, I can start from scratch. <laughs> absolutely what are you afraid of being normal if there was one thing in the world that you could change to make it better what would it be uh human beings and the way that we think okay is there a piece of wisdom or a little life motto that you live by uh yeah fuck the fear Ooh, i like that one <laughs> <laughs> yeah you Fuck the fear. Yeah, it's good. I like it. It ties mm. back into what you were saying before about, you know, don't dwell in your own lack of self-confidence or, you know, woe is me type thing. Yeah. People are just scared. That's all it is. It is fear of the unknown. Mm. And when you just know that it's going to be way better than where you are, it's like, just go. Fuck I think <laughs> I think that that's a great note to finish our conversation on. Um, <laughs> Everyone, fuck the fear. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you so much for chatting with us today. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you for having me. This has been great.